brother. Welcome. Hey, yeah. Welcome to the Vancast, Palmer having, Anthony. It's an honor. It's an honor. <laughs> so Ranch Water. Yes. Yeah, what's your connection to Ranch Water? This first try for me. Yeah. Um, let me know what you think. That is my favorite one right there. That's uh, really smooth. Yeah. That's good. There's like several brands of Ranch Water. Um, for me, the these are just the easiest to go down. They're also 80. Not that I care about calories when I'm drinking, but yeah. these are 80 calories and um, they're only 4%. So you kind of have to like have a couple of them to really feel anything. Yeah. But uh, so yeah, I just, I followed their Instagram page before they had even got out of Texas. So mm. they maybe had like, you know, their local thing. And I just was like DMing them a bunch. It was like, I love your stuff basically. Yeah. And luckily they kind of blew up and um, they've been in a lot of videos too. I've seen them like Parker McCollum videos mm. and, okay. and Ryan Bingham works with them and stuff and oh, yeah. so those are two guys I like a lot I always like to just rep them because they're always nice to me yeah they followed me and everything and uh, I'm a big fan of these guys <laughs> yeah in Texas which is where you are living now but not originally from Texas right, right? yeah from so California I, like me mm-hmm. I'm a mutt is what I always tell people <laughs> you know, I was born in northern California you know where, like Mendocino County is yeah of course yeah so uh, I was born in a small town called Willits up there okay. in Mendocino County and uh, was there so like then late teens moved to the Fort Worth area, okay, um, and then came back for college in Southern California, and then uh, was finished school down there. I graduated early. I was like I was a young person for my grade, so I graduated when I was twenty from college, and then I moved back to Texas, and I've been in Texas for about six years. So, okay, yeah, right on. Yeah, well, I've been listening uh, to your music for a couple years now. Yeah, it's kind of funny how I originally stumbled upon your music. And I'll tell you a quick backstory about that. Yeah. Which is actually, so I, I picked up this van in 2020 and uh, drove it back from Colorado to California. Mm-hmm. On the way back, I was passing through a town. I don't want to give away too many details because you'll find out. But I matched with this girl on Bumble and uh, we went on a few dates and we were sitting in this van actually just hanging out. And she's like, oh, you ever heard this guy, Palmer Anthony? I, I know him from back home in California. And I'll bleep her name out, but I'll tell you who it was. Went on a few dates with this girl. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know her. And then, uh, you know, it didn't work out between us. And so you ever... Dude, she's one of my oldest friends. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. She, she got in the town next to me. Yeah, That's really? That's crazy, yeah. Well, so you ever have like a, like, a, like a breakup or something, and you have like songs that you used to listen to, you're like, I never want to listen to that again. Yeah. I was like, shoot, I really like this guy Palmer Anthony's music, and now I can't listen to it. <laughs> But no, your music Thanks. was so good yeah. that that I still had to listen to it. That and then is so funny. Our break was over, and I'm still on it well, since then. Man, I haven't <laughs> talked to her in a while. She's she's a good friend of mine. From uh, yeah, we even we did. I think I've. I was, it sounds funny. I think I dated like three of her friends. Oh really? <laughs> but you're gonna say her? Like, no, 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 no. But uh, she's great. Uh, yeah, that's funny. Yeah, no, she's great. She, I mean, she, she's not gonna listen to this. I tell you that. But oh, no, I mean, no, no. if she sees your yeah, name, not, yeah, not yeah. on me. <laughs> Hopefully, I'll, I'll get the ball rolling for you. <laughs> but yeah, so again, she she showed me your stuff back in 2020, that's and cool. then um, <clears throat> yeah, just continued listening to it throughout the last couple of years, and then. I forget how I came across Grady Coleman and out yonder, yeah, yeah. who's a buddy of yours out in Texas. Yes, yeah. He's yeah. A, he's an, actually an Arkansas boy, but he lives in Texas too. So okay. both of us are not from Texas. But um, no, Grady's been a friend of mine. That, here's a funny story, a similar story <laughs> on how Grady and I met. Uh, Grady, who owns out yonder, um, it's a new company that's been killing it, and they make a lot of cool gear and everything. Um, Grady and I met, I think, in 2019, I want to say. And uh, he... He my he, like had a girlfriend at the time, and he thought she was attractive, and I was like hitting on her, <laughs> and so like but then, then I was like playing, 
in the background, and we like met because he was hitting on the girl, my girlfriend at the time. Did you know y'all dating? <laughs> and no, he didn't know that. Okay, but like, <laughs> like we're like, it's I, a friend. I met him that night though, and I was like, I was like, what's up, man? He goes, what's up? He's like, you mind taking our picture? He like had me take a picture of him, and my girlfriend at the time. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, and I was like, sure, man, whatever. But uh, no, we actually been that was a funny way how we uh, met, but uh, great nice friendship has only grown. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I forget. I think I just came across out yonder from seeing like Instagram yeah. stuff, and and I'm a huge hat guy, and yeah. they fit well, and he, he runs a great brand, and so Dude, I yeah. love their stuff. They yeah, got sure coming of, in the mail, actually. Yeah, they got a lot of cool things uh, cooking, man. Yeah, honestly. and uh, I'm excited for them for sure. And Grady's uh, doesn't he do um, social media stuff for like Can Am, right? Yeah, he's talented in Dude, that yeah. space. He's he's all he does like he used to do a lot of video for me too oh. when we first started and. He's always been talented uh, mm. with social media. He had a little niche to fit. Like the, he just got it a little better than most. See, I, I hate social media. Like I don't. Yeah. I barely understand it. And uh, nah, man, he's he's killing it um, with Can Am. And um, he's starting to expand. I think Can Am owns several things. They own like Sea Do, and they own uh-huh. like other uh, off roading and like recreational vehicle stuff. Mm. I think he's gonna do things with Can Am and, and beyond here soon. So he's he's killing it. This isn't a Grady Cullen plug though, because that, <laughs> that guy's still he's a goof. Like, man. I'm he's a goof. About Grady. Yeah, no, but he's he's yeah. Out yonder's cool. Check out Out Yonder yeah, if you're sure. listening. Yeah. But uh anyway, yeah, back to uh your your music. Again, it's just phenomenal. I'm a I'm not a musician myself, so I always get a little intimidated talking to musicians because I don't know anything about making music, but I know what I like when I hear it, and your stuff's amazing. Thank and how long, you said you moved to Texas to get into, like, the scene? Like, or what's your really background of getting into playing? I really just wanted to be a writer. I wanted to write country music. Uh, the major I did in college, I just, I was just, just something to get a degree, I think. And uh, But it was... Uh, screenwriting so I was oh. we're gonna work in the film in a sense and uh, but I'm like super ADD so I couldn't sit there and write a 30 minute screenplay or even like an episode of a show like I was so like I want to tell a story in a lot quicker sense and mm. and I had played guitar a little bit I never like did it professionally or in front of people really uh, I think in high school I took like a jazz class so that was the only time I ever performed in high school in front of somebody which is different because I feel like I wasn't one of those kids that everyone was like, he's going to be the musician. Like everyone, all my friends were confused when I put a song out. They're like, whoa, what? You know? Mm. Um, but but it's actually to be a songwriter, met some like talented songwriters out there. Um, and between, between Nashville and uh, Lubbock and the Fort Worth area, kind of bounced around for about two or three years until I found Fort Worth per- more permanently. Um, and as like a base, we'll say for my band and crew and, and all that kind of stuff. But um, these past two years have been busy for us, two and a half years. We kind of really started touring heavily as a group uh, right when COVID kind of let up in like 2021. Yeah. And the the first band we got to open up for was a group called Pegasus in the Rooftops. Is for them? Yeah, I have actually. Yeah, and then uh, Colby Cooper, another guy. Okay. And in and, and 2021, they kind of took us out on the road a lot. And right. so that was cool and got to learn the ropes you know uh you know we, we made a lot of mistakes early as far as like spending money in bad places as an early band um traveling things like time traffic like all these things that we didn't think about yet i think uh as a band we learned very early that first year 
And I think 2022 is the year we kind of like, we'll say broke out, we'll say in a sense of, and I'm not saying we're, we've broken out yet, but just in, in terms of like, all right, like we can hang with everybody now. You know, like we'll show up, we'll put on a good show. And uh, the music's been growing and the following's been growing. And, but that's kind of been really a recent thing, I think. Um, and our, late, our latest single is our biggest release. Um, we're still waiting for that one to kind of pop, you know? Yeah. Uh, that song to kind of like blow up, we'll say. But for now, we feel like we've been making some steady growth. Too, yeah. So. All right. Yeah. Well, uh, it's cool to see, like, like how you said, you're just recently, like, kind of popping off a little bit. But again, like, like I saw you years ago, and, and I'm sure there's people that are there from, like, day one or whatever. But it's like, you really have to have that mindset of uh, not stopping if you don't have that instant, like, place that you're wanting to be at, at the end of the road. And for you, like, have you always known it's going to be a grind to get to, like, where you want to go and then where you're trying to get to with, with country music? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think for me, the... I learned early that if you don't love, like, that 2 a.m. to 5 a.m. driving shift, if you don't love being a little tired, you know, if if that hour on stage isn't worth all those things, then you're going to, like, hate it. You know, last year we played 102 full band shows, and every, we played, like, we were, I was counting as we were driving up. We played in 17 states last year. We have over 100 shows? 100 shows, It's yeah. like every three days or something. Yeah, we were, we were, doing, <laughs> we were doing a lot. Um we had weeks so we do four. We had a week last year. I remember I was looking at this too. We had a week where on Tuesday we played in College Station. Thursday we played in San Diego. Uh, Friday we played in Terrell, Texas. And then Saturday we played in Oklahoma. Or played in Stillwater, Oklahoma. Mm. So we did three states in four days, four shows. I think for us, for us, like, we, I love the road a lot. I love traveling and my band loves traveling. We just want to play, you know. And I think that's... It's kind of a lost art nowadays, I think, because a lot of people want to get big on TikTok or Instagram. Yeah. You know, and like, I'm like, I, I want to as well. You know, it's not like, it's definitely a goal of mine. But I think for me um, and my band and crew, like, we just were focusing on making sure our live show and kind of the back end things back up uh, what we uh, hopefully pop off someday for, in a sense. So, like, we don't want to pop off and everyone's like, well, their live show sucks or something. Mm-hmm. You know, like, we know that we've been kind of building brick by brick. And uh, we're just waiting for that one, like, pop, we'll say. Yeah. Yeah, but, yeah I mean, we love the grind. I think we do. Yeah. You know, I was, like, I was a little tired today and a tiny bit hungover. But I was, <laughs> like, you know, I was, like, it's, uh, I was, like, I just, we just keep going. That's just the goal. Yeah. So, but, um, but, yeah. Well, so, if it was easy, it wouldn't be worth it, right? Like, anything in life? Yeah. And, then, <laughs> you know, and there's days where, um, you know, we're still fully independent, everything. You know, we've had some opportunities come our way. And, you know, I think our biggest thing is, like, okay, well, like, you know, what can you provide that we can't do ourselves, mm. you know? And if it's just, like, work things, then, like, we're not going to give up percentages of our work um, if those are things that we can do ourselves, okay. you know? Um, at the same time, there are definitely times now where we're like, okay, we've done a, a good amount of what we can do, you know? Uh, like, what are we missing? And then why can't we get those things? Now mm. let's ask for help. Now let's get management or, like, you know, a publishing deal or something like that. So I've been making a lot of trips to Nashville recently and, uh, you know, meeting with people and building, like, a team, we'll say. Um, because we put that song out in end of January. And we have, like, four or five songs done, but we're just kind of waiting to build the team right now to put out new music. And, uh, but I think I'm really, I think we're in a cool spot, so. 
Are you talking about uh, Sleep, My Mind, and You? Yeah. Phenomenal, man. Thank you. That's think, actually, like, my favorite release I think we've it's done. It's so good. Yeah. I don't think it's, like, my greatest, sure. you know, deepest thing. It's cla- uh, but, uh, like, your songwriting, man. Thank you. Yeah, I wrote with this girl named Casey Tyndall, and she's so talented. I think that I had the idea of Sleep, My Mind, and You, but the way it was structured, like, making every single line relate to either sleep my mind or you mm. that was her idea yeah and it was so smart and i was like god that's why you're like it's so talented it was and that that first line is like a great example it's like uh this bed keeps finding ways to get colder and it's like sleep uh the skies in my head ain't been too clear lose your mind and then uh and you ain't calling me back in days so there's like sleep in my mind and you right there and so that we try to make every single line <laughs> if you listen to it, it was like every single line is relative to that Sleep in mind or you? Yeah. So, dude, that's crazy. Yeah, think? her idea too. Was, <laughs> I was not. I can't take credit for that one. Uh, lyrically, I, I, I'm a, I'm a lyric guy. Yeah. And then you, I wrote with the, uh, Casey, and I like to write with people who are like melody driven, mm-hmm. can write melodies, and you know, there's I, I have a lot of songs I've written by myself, so I try to wear all the hats. But I think my best songs come when I collaborate with someone who's does what I don't do as good. If that mm-hmm. makes sense. So. But and that came out was it February late February it came out about a month ago now yeah, it came out uh end of January so that was like January twenty seventh and I was in L A and I was going through another breakup so Dude, thanks for you. getting me through I that uh, <laughs> no nah, man that was so funny like I call I call my drummer out but like he was totally going through like a breakup too and he was like well you gotta put this song out dog like he was like <laughs> he was but it was uh no nah, man I I just I wrote that when I was going through like a breakup oh, yeah. and I was really sad and uh, does that help you <clears throat> or make you more sad. Dude, I, it's so funny. I was in there. I, was, I had a breakup back in like, I guess it was mm, February of last year. Mm. Um, and I wrote three songs within like three days, and they're all out. It's a uh, Happy for You, and, and a song called Forever Gone, mm. and then a Sleep My Mind and You. I wrote all those in like a two day span. Dang. And Sleep My Mind and You, I had help with Casey, and then Forever Gone, I wrote with a kid named Tyler Halverson, who's a stud out of Texas. Um, and but all those ideas and like they all came from that like therapeutic moment i needed yeah. you know it's like classic taylor swift right right the breakups <laughs> and i have like a billion in, like ideas in my phone you know yeah. um and lines that really come to me when i'm sad or it's so easy to write a sad song um and that's not easy it's just like happy songs i have to write with like other people um or have to be like really happy or a little intoxicated or something because okay. like it just, it just it doesn't come <laughs> happy doesn't come naturally yeah. um i think most songwriters will tell you that yeah so dude your songwriting is next level i tell you i think uh one of your favorite lines is uh ceiling fan sees a man that i ain't proud of yeah like how do you think of that that's, <laughs> dude, that's I, right there it's amazing i was proud of that line too that's what i was like that's really good whenever i hear that it makes it stops making me think like whoa yeah no that was one where i was like that's pretty good. Uh, <laughs> I was excited about that. Were you looking at a fan when you wrote that? Uh, you know what's funny is uh, I wrote it uh, with a guy named... What I do a lot, I've realized, is I'll write a verse chorus with another writer. Mm. And I wrote that with my buddy Garrett Biggs, and we had a verse chorus. And the same with Casey. We, we had that verse chorus. It was like mine and you and Tyler. I think we had verse chorus. And I always go like, let's sleep on it. Let's like, uh, I don't know what I mean, use it as a pun, but like, let's uh, take this verse chorus and then let's take it back. And I like going in on a different day sometimes and writing that second verse and completing it. Cause I want to like make sure it makes sense. Cause in the moment, you know, it can mean one thing and I'm, I'll give it a couple, I'll give like a little work tape, a couple listens. And that was one where I took it home. Um, I think I wrote that in Nashville with Garrett and then 
but between you and me. And I brought it back to Texas, and I remember just sitting there in the living room just being like, ceiling fans, he's a man. And I was like, ooh, that's pretty good. <laughs> you know, good. So I put that in there. Uh, and the same with, like, um, the first line of Sleep by Mind and You, uh, the second verse, where it goes, uh, I've been sinking into your side every Sunday. And that's when I was like, that's good. Those are my yeah, two, like, probably favorite lines in a while that I, I tossed out there. And uh, I was thinking about it, too, because I'm like, you know, I'm sure you relate. Like, it's super easy. The theme lately is we said uh, sad boy season. Mm-hmm. That's like, we're like, hashtag sad boy season. I'm in it, man. Yeah, no, I was like, <laughs> but what we did is we're thinking it was, you know, it's so easy. It's not so easy. It's a lot easier Friday night and Saturday night to get over somebody because you can go out to the bars or see some buddies or whatever. But, and then Monday through Friday, you're working. But like, the, the day that for me was always the hardest on a breakup was Sunday. Same, man. You know, because you're just like, there's nothing you can do, but, sit there and think and wait for work yeah just be sad exactly and uh so i was like been sinking into your side every sunday it was like a line i was like i feel that yeah so, um and son of a gun the girl i just broke up with is from the town where he played last night oh, so we uh, would have been there in more Morbe. bay Tough, like, man. shoot Tough. <laughs> well i could see you here in san jose yeah so that's yeah good. yeah <laughs> that's a good move honestly it was it was packed last night it was sold out yeah in, in oh bay. i saw that yeah i've never um, been to the siren before but it sounds cool yeah i don't know what kind of crowd it gets tonight um i haven't been here in gosh five years or so yeah but it's a cool spot yeah, yeah. I'm i think they usually do like i think during the week it's like um a lot of like mexican music and yeah i was looking online yeah it's a club ro- rodeo rio yeah yeah something yeah. like that it's yeah. confusing to me yeah i'm actually half hispanic uh really my mom is my mom is half puerto rican half oh. mexican oh cool my mom's mexican too really yeah yeah, yeah i got a lot of blood man. i know yeah, we are what's <laughs> <laughs> like you wouldn't know looking at me you know yeah me either i guess but, yeah but, uh yeah man it's um i'm excited it's my first i make i really the first time out with casey donahue um, oh yeah, you're I great. grew up a huge fan. Yeah. Um, and last night I met him first time, and I was like, it was cool because we, we got set up through management. Okay. Like his management, and, uh, the group we have managing us like work together. Nice. Um, and got us on these shows, and I, I think it was good because like we don't frequent here this area a lot. Mm-hmm. Living in Texas, I've been waiting for you on the east. West yeah, here. yeah. We're actually it's funny we're here a lot this year. I feel like we're here this week, and then we're going on a run with Colton Moore. Um, and we're in like Sacramento, uh, Felton, my hometown. Yeah. yeah. And then, uh, we'll be in, we're playing the Troubadour in Los Angeles. Oh, that's a great spot. Yeah. yeah I've yeah. Ne- never been and that's I'm, cool. I'm excited. And then, uh, we're playing in Phoenix, Arizona, but that, that run is, uh, it's gonna be a fun run. And I'm a big, I'm a big fan of like all the guys we open for. So this is, sometimes I just like watching the show. I'm like, this is sick. Yeah. I'm yeah. pumped for tonight. It'll be cool. It will be cool, man. I got um, a question about, uh, you said independent artists. Because yeah. I'm interviewing a band that I actually filmed at the Troubadour like three or four years ago called Balin. They're a trio from New York. Yeah. And uh, I was talking to them on the phone the other day and they're like, they mentioned something about being independent. I'm like, what does that mean? I, again, I'm so unversed in no. music. No, no, no. It's, it's not a bad thing. Um, basically, just means that you own all your music is kind of what it is you can have mm-hmm. a manager and a booking agent and uh you have a publishing deal even as a songwriter but if you own your masters which is like for instance like if i put a song out okay and let's say i wrote it by myself the song is chopped into three or so parts you have like the masters you have the songwriting credit you have the publishing so the publishing um as a songwriter I, that's, I, I have the songwriting credit of that song. I have the publishing because I published it in a sense. Mm-hmm. I put it out there. 
Um, and then I own the masters because I paid for the song in a sense. So I paid for the song to be recorded, uh, and, um, and like I own it. So all my music I have out, I own in a sense. Yeah. So like, you know, but if if a record label comes in, they're like, hey, you know, which we've been talking to a couple of smaller ones right now, um, just about some small d- deals in a sense, and that would make me not independent because yeah. they would own, uh, they wouldn't own my old stuff, but they would own my new stuff in a sense. So I would still get to keep my what's called your back catalog, mm-hmm. and then the next song I put out it wouldn't say on the bottom Palmer Anthony. It would say oh, whatever whatever record company we're with. So it's like Capitol Records or whatever. whatever. Yeah, it's a big one. But uh, <laughs> you joined Death Row. Or? Yeah, I don't know about that. But, <laughs> but uh, I, I don't know if I'd fit in the roster. But but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's basically just like it. Um, that's kind of how it works in that sense. Uh, and it's. Um, so I mean, you can't like perform like like if you left that label, like couldn't play. Is this the whole Taylor Swift thing again? So here's the thing about that is that. I don't really know the background of her deal, if mm-hmm. how young she was when she signed it. I don't know, like, but I know that, like, you know, you're signing a deal, and the deal is uh, they own your music because they're going to pay for it. You know, it's expensive to record music. Mm. Um, for example, my latest single, I got mine done cheap, uh, good. They, they they killed it, but I got it done for two thousand dollars. Oh wow! So, um, in major. Artists, the ones you hear on the radio, they're putting, they'll take them about ten thousand dollars a song. Wow! So, um, but it, as a touring musician, we don't always have that in the bank account to just go do ten songs because there's twenty thousand dollars for that, you know. Right. Um, and so a company will come in and say, "We'll front it, and then we'll take the money that you make." In a sense, um, and what they'll do is called recoup, and they'll like recoup the money they spent on you, and then they split from there. God. So it wasn't like. Taylor wasn't making money off the music. She just wasn't making all the money that mm-hmm. she could make. Okay. And from what I understand, yeah. you know, and uh, I do think that I see both sides. That's I'm like, you made a deal. Sure. You know, I know you want your music back, you know, but at the same time, it's like, I don't know the background. Like, I don't know if they kind of, you know, screwed her out or something, yeah. which they could have. Sure. Um, but in my opinion, it's like, obviously since people aren't happy in that situation, just give her the music back. Mm. Like she'll pay for it, I'm sure. She got the money. I don't think she's over that. <laughs> she probably just wants to own it, just like to be to say she owns it and yeah. make decisions on that. Because if you don't own your music, you don't really decide when it comes out as much. Mm-hmm. So like it's their they cho- they choose. They go, we're gonna put it out on this date. And they're like, well, I want it out next week. And they're like, no, you know. Well, so she probably yeah. wanted the the right and like the have the decision, you know. I see. Which I could see. Her at her size, she she's not worried about like the dollars in a sense as much. Mm-hmm. She just wants to choose what she gets to do with the music. Okay. So, in that sense, I'm like, just let her pay you out for it. You know, I, that's just me speculating on and everything. But I, mean, I just learned a lot. I had no clue what any of that. There's meant, so much. Now like, I do. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a there's, bit a, more. there's a lot. That yeah. It's just like, why is this necessary? You know. But, so there's a couple spots that you you lived in. You said you spent some time out in Nashville. And then how yeah. did you end up deciding on uh, Fort Worth now? Because I mean, I've spent. A day in Dallas one time, just traveling through, but like Texas seems cool. Love Texas. Grady man. always says, "Come down to the dirty south." Yeah, <laughs> I don't know dirty south except Texas, but uh, <laughs> no, um, man, I love Texas. And uh, for me, I was kind of going between Lubbock and Nashville, and and living for six months at a time in certain places. And was uh, when I was in Nashville, I was like a songwriter, and when I was in Texas, I was an artist. So. Mm. For me, Texas was always a place where I wanted to make music. That was the type of music that I listened to. That was the type of music that I enjoyed and wanted to write um, and perform. When I was in Nashville, I feel like I was just another like 
number in the in this in the scene there. You know, I didn't feel like I was I was writing songs that I didn't like, uh, and I and I was and this is in like peak bro country era, you know. And uh, trust me, I like to jam bro country songs, but like uh, here and there. But for me, it wasn't that just wasn't my taste as a as a writer and as a performer, mm. you know. And so I've been Texas uh, primarily as a resident for six years, six six seven years, I think. And um, but yeah, I never plan on leaving. To be honest, you know. Yeah. So uh, I love it there, and it's just for me, it's just the the scene is more spread out. Mm. It's not all in this one like ten mile radius like it is in Nashville. Mm. And for some people, they love that, and I just wanted space, and I wanted my own lane to create in. And um, so yeah, I mean, I always say people to people are like, well, you were born in California. I was like, not the California you're thinking of. You know, I'm from a very, very small town, 5,000 people. Yeah. You know, that's the countryest place I ever lived was in that little town in Northern California. But I try to educate people as much as I can. But Texas does feel like home, and that's where I'll stay. Uh, I don't plan on leaving. So, (laughs) Like uh, my buddy Jesse Daniel, you know who he is. He uh, grew up with me in Felton, too. Really? So another California boy heading out to Texas. I met him like... This time last year, oh, really? I think, um, oh, cool. at South by Southwest oh, okay. in Austin. Yeah. And we took a picture, and it was me, him, and Tristan Merez, the mm. three guys who were born in California. Wow. And then, you know, spent other part of their life in Texas. So yeah. uh, we thought it was funny, like all three of us. Yeah. But, um, Jesse's a stud, man. Bringing Home the Roses was like my most played song last year. Really? Yeah, I'm a huge fan. You're, uh, I think, on my Spotify wrapped out of my 100-song playlist. You got five of them on. Really? Yeah, so. Oh, yeah, I'll, yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll play in the night, so. Cool. It'll, it'll be, it's acoustic tonight, so and that's always fun for me. I get to, like, tell a couple more stories, you know, about the songs, and but I also don't want to bore people with me talking. Nah. Time, it's like a, it's like your own podcast up there. At least I'm like, all right, <laughs> listen here, but <laughs> here's something you don't really care about. <laughs> yeah, I was talking to Jesse, because he did the podcast back in September, October or something. Yeah. And um, we we're talking about like country music in California, and I feel like there's a scene for it. But then again, he's like, went out to Texas, and it's just like more, like more of it. Yeah. We were talking about like cowboy hats and stuff, and I was like, I love country music and the scene so much, and I get self conscious like wearing the boots, wearing the hat. And he's like, he's like, Alan Jackson didn't grow up roping cattle or something. Yeah. That's okay. It's just what you like and stuff. I mean, for me, it's like uh, when I go to like I go to the rodeo a lot, and like I like watching rodeo. I'm like, yeah. I wear my hat. My cowboy hat, and I'm yeah. like, I said, I don't care. Like, I mean, I've, I've, I, I ride a little bit because I have like some friends living Granbury, Texas, which is like mm. just outside of Fort Worth. I've heard, yeah. And they've let me come out there a couple times, and I enjoy the hell of it. Uh, if I had more time, I would be out there riding as much as I could, you mm. know. But I would never claim to be a cowboy or yeah. anything. So I don't. I respect the craft too much to walk around with it every day. Right. But I do enjoy it when I go to like watch or support you know, livestock shows or rodeo, whatever. Like, it's just for me, it's such a, yeah, I'm, it's like, it's, I don't think I'm, you know, appropriating it or anything. Nah. You know, I think it's, it just feels right. You know? The girl at the store, she's like, just don't call yourself a cowboy. It's Western. That's all it is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <You're> good. Um, <laughs> I yeah. worked at a camp up in Northern California called Kidder Creek outside of, uh, how far is where you're from, from like, you know, Wairika? Probably two and a half hours. Oh, okay. Yeah. But it's because, that's on uh, Interstate Five. Mm. And I go, oh, it's like I want to walk toward the coast, right? You're toward the. Coast. I'm toward the coast, yeah. In the Emerald Triangle, right? Yeah, I'm in the Emerald Triangle. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a lot of marijuana <laughs> out there. I really didn't partake though. It was funny. I was. Yeah. I grew up in the spot that is known for having the most marijuana grown yeah. in the uh, 
the United, United States, you know, or little, little tri counties. Yeah, you know, Humboldt, Humboldt, uh, Trinity County, and Mendocino County, the mm. three counties they call the Emerald Triangle. Yeah, and uh, but I just, I don't, I don't really lose. I think I'm a spaz, and I, I don't do well with marijuana. Like, it isn't like it never like that. It feels good to me. I'm like, yeah, but that's just a me thing. So whatever. But <laughs> so growing up there, were you like listening to country music? Were you playing it back then? Like, what got you into wanting to? do what you do now was it back at that early stage of living there yeah i mean it was uh i had that, i always had the love for it but i liked all kinds of music and i liked hip-hop a lot growing up uh like r&b uh i was in high school i was listening to like miguel you know like, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah and then like the weekend before he was before. how he is now but my dad always had like it sounds like a cliche but he always had like cassette tapes of same yeah like, dwight yoakam george Strait. he like garth I've never been like a Garth guy, really? you know, but uh, I loved George Strait. And I loved mm. Dwight and Dwight Yoakam and that kind of rockabilly thing. Um, Merle Haggard and just kind of the classics, we'll say. I always think there's a, a couple albums that I will say like inspired me to write country music, though. And I think yeah. that'd be um, Dwight Yoakam's Guitars and Cadillacs album was kind of one that I remember hearing go, these are so, these are like cool. They're just so cool. Everything about this album is cool, yeah. you know? Um, Riser by Dirk Bentley was an album that I listened to and I was like I just this is the sound I liked a lot um, and it was a very, very like transformative time in my life when that album came out and I just graduated high school um, and I was starting college and I moved to an area that was nothing like where I was from you know I moved to Santa Barbara which most people would love and I just felt so out of place mm. I was like the only person wearing boots there you know and it was like but I made a lot of great friends, and like it was, I wouldn't trade anything. But I remember that album being like my best friend because I just like kept listening to it. And that one, and then um, Casey Musgraves, uh, same uh, show, different park, and pageant material. Both their first two albums. I was that storytelling aspect and melodies, mm. in that in those two records that I took from. I was like, okay, I think I'm figuring out what I like, you know. Yeah. So, um, and then honestly, like, I, I growing up. I didn't listen as much, but in my teens to now, to the Turnpike Troubadours have been Love just, them. as a songwriter, I just admire Evan Felker so much and uh, his ability to make songs, just, and like, make stories into songs. Yeah, so, they're great. Yeah, that's kind of my, my, I'll say my inspirations. Yeah, I was going to say, like, the influences and stuff. Like, yeah. I feel like my, my taste in country music has, like, weaved all over the place. Because there's, within country music, I feel like there's so many subsects. Yeah. And, uh... I mean, growing up listening to Merle Haggard was the, you know, cliche cassette in my dad's truck. Yeah. And we wore the heck out of it. Um, but then high school was like Kenny Chesney, which was away from like more of the twang and then getting back into it now. I would say my taste in country is, I guess, like what you're doing, like more of that, that Texas red dirt country. And I've never been ever as a non-musician been able to like describe what that means. But like Texas country, like, can you describe that? Yeah, I would call it Texas red dirt country um, because I think there's you really got to include the Oklahoma scene in that conversation. Mm -hmm. uh, there's some studs coming out of Oklahoma nowadays that are, I mean, they just and then they're they're a part of the scene, and some of the craziest, most fun concerts we've ever had and shows um, have been like in Tulsa or uh, Stillwater, Oklahoma, and those and then Fayetteville, Arkansas. Like, it's a cool four or five state area that I think really calls themselves like Texas red dirt country. Um, and I, I don't, it's nowadays it's, it's blending a little bit. Uh, there's some 
Texas acts that are uh, maybe they're from Texas, but they're kind of making Nashville sounding stuff. And that's not a bad thing by any means. It's, it's just, I think the line is getting blurred a little bit as far as like what is Texas red dirt country. Yeah. Um, I honestly would describe it as independent uh, country okay. with an emphasis on songwriting. Mm. And uh, I think that nowadays, you know, the Texas radio and red dirt radio is still important to us. Like we still want to be played on radio. I think uh, for us, it's a little easier to, to be outside of the normal radio box mm-hmm. and still get played on radio. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had songs that sound nothing like what you hear on like mainstream radio, but get played on radio because the Red Dirt and Texas stations are open to it. Mm. Um, so we're all still kind of gunning for the same thing, um, Nashville artists and the Texas Red Dirt scene. But I think our there's less barriers on our, on our music. Okay. Um, but at the same time, it's like, if you want to talk about which side has a higher ceiling, you know, there's no... Like the CMA awards isn't like it's bigger than anything, you know. So the right. mainstream, you want to get to a mainstream level, obviously, um, but you want to do it your way. You want to sacrifice your sound. Yeah, I mean, well. guys like Cody Johnson and Parker McCollum, I think, are doing it incredibly. Mm-hmm. Or I still hear like Parker's music, and I'm like, still writing great songs. Like yeah. he refuses to put out a bad song, and he's getting played on like the mainstream radio, not just Texas radio. So guys like that, as a young artist in the, on the Texas Red Dirt scene. For us, we look at him as a, as a good example of uh, doing both. Yeah. And, and you know, for me, like, I just want to tour my butt off right now. And, you know, we'll keep putting out music kind of stuff. But my goal isn't, like, to be at the CMA Awards right now. Or um, I think someday it would be cool to play in the Grand Ole Opry. Yeah. Uh, someday I really want to do that. But for me uh, and my band and crew, I think our goals are very, let's make a living doing this. You know, let's see how big we can make it. And then, you know, maybe in a year or two or three or four years, we'll talk about make, switching our goals to mainstream in a sense. But for us, like we, maybe it's pride or maybe it's just passion for lyricism and, and telling stories and making authentic fans, you know? I think that's something that we really care about right now. So, Where does, like, Zach Bryan fit into the mix with all this? I would just say, like, you could call him Red Dirt. Because he's, I feel yeah. like, huge. Huge. Yeah. But you don't hear that much of his stuff on radio, maybe like one song in the orange yeah. or something like that. Yeah, he's just, I mean, he's independent. Or sorry, he's not independent anymore, yeah. but he acts like an independent artist, which I kind of, I mean, everyone kind of respects, yeah. obviously, to an extreme degree. Um, he, I, if, I, if I had to classify him as either like Nashville or Red Dirt, I would say he's Red Dirt. Yeah. You know, I don't think he's, I mean, he's nowhere near the Nashville sound, we'll say. Mm-hmm. He is playing the Nashville game in a sense, but. I don't think his. I think his. For him, his. Uh, he's a much broader idea for his, his career. Mm-hmm. You know, he doesn't want to just be go up the chain of the country music stuff. He wants to be like a big time, big time, big time act. You know, yeah. not just play on like CMA Fest or whatever. Mm-hmm. So he's. I would. I would classify him as red dirt. Mm-hmm. You know, but he's. he's I mean, he's stud. He's obviously killing it. I saw him deleted his Twitter like yesterday. Oh really? Like, everyone was giving him crap for. Like having a weird ticket situation, the lottery, or yeah. whatever. He's like, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I thought it was gonna be one of those things. Like, oh, what's gonna happen? Is he released somewhere? No, he like he's just dipped out. He's like, he literally oh. put a tweet out. He goes, y'all are like, y'all are taking this out on me, and it's not fair. Like, kind of like, <laughs> yeah. He's like, I'm out. He tried to do a good thing. He did also, I got to ask about your songwriting opinion of someone who I think is doing really interesting things. It's Hardy. Yeah, big Hardy fan. With, with radio song. Yeah, oh uh, yeah. <laughs> Some of the best ones off his new album, in my opinion. (laughs) (laughs) It's fun. He's a fun guy. Um, But again, he's someone who's 
I think making it really big, but also saying like the truth about like I want to make my music and f you to who says I can't. Like, how does that work? <laughs> Man, it, I mean, he's in a unique situation with a unique record label. Mm-hmm. That's kind of I would describe it. Yeah. There's not ten Hardys out there. And yeah, there can't be. I don't think. Uh, I love his stuff, man. I think he's an insanely talented songwriter. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a huge fan, seriously. Yeah. Uh, I, I think he just literally has a unique set of circumstances. He has a label that is very open to a lot of things. He gives them enough. Like if he puts out a 12-song album, he makes sure he has like two or three songs that will fit on normal radio. Mm-hmm. And then he'll just do whatever he wants, like yeah. nine songs or ten songs, So, which is cool. And I, he, has a, he has a record label that like believes in him and... That's what you want, you know. You want, and I, I, I can see that too. I can see myself putting out someday, two or three songs where you go, they're good, but like they'll, they'll fit radio, yeah. Right. And then really being creative with the other part of your album. So mm-hmm. that's what you. I, I think that's a very fair uh, balance because you can't if you if a record label signs you can't be like super difficult and yeah. be like, well, I'm not gonna put this song out. It's like they're gonna drop you, yeah. you know. Like, <clears throat> but I think that he has a cool situation. So. So if it wasn't country, what is a genre that you think that you would put an album out under? Would it be Palmer Anthony, the R&B album? What would it be? Man, I can go two <laughs> ways. That's the thing. So I love hip-hop and rap. I, I just don't think I'm good enough uh, as a as a any kind of rapper. I could sing a chorus. Oh, maybe. that attitude. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I know. I'd, I'd try, unfortunately. Do you uh, try rapping? Sometimes. Uh, See it tonight. <laughs> yeah, not, not tonight. Uh, I'm still trying to earn my keep with these guys. But uh, I also would do like an indie thing and do like um, even a little pop punk. I love pop punk music. So nice. I could see kind of an indie pop punk thing like like the band Camp. You know, yeah. I did, my, my bass player, Brady, he just put me onto them. And uh, my TM, his name's Addison. And they both have like unique tastes in music. And they like the kind of indie bands. And they've been showing me stuff. And... Um, so I've been, I would, I love indie music. I like Lumineers kind of thing, mm-hmm. you know? Um, I don't know. I really like, I, for me, I, I'm still trying to, I don't really, when I write a song, I'm not like, this has to fit a country thing, you know? Cause I've put out like kind of pop punk stuff. I've put out rockier stuff too. I've never dared to do any rap or hip hop. Yeah. I don't think that's on the horizon anytime yeah. soon, but maybe <laughs> we'll see. You never know. Yeah. Me, you never know. <laughs> yeah. When did Western and Roll come out? Your album? That's uh, end of June of okay. last year. Yeah it's, yeah, it's been about eight months. It's really good. Thanks. Where did Western and Roll come from? I think I heard you talk about it on a podcast, but I can't remember now. Dude, it's really just like I was like country western music and rock and roll. Yeah. And so I was like Western and Roll. I think I literally just something like that. <laughs> I was my idea. I was pretty proud of that one. And, yeah. Uh, we make T-shirts now. I'll Do you? T-shirt, yeah. That has Western Roll on it. And everything. Do you have them with you here? Yeah, I brought them. I'm buying yeah. tonight. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah. No, seriously, it'll be fun. Um, and tonight will be a fun one. I've never played in San Jose, so this is cool. It's yeah. A, it's snowing uh, in San Jose right now. Yeah. It's the weirdest thing. It is weird. It's freezing. But yeah. It is. Um, yeah. No, it's gonna be fun night. And yeah, Western Roll is just like pretty pretty quick uh idea and i i think we put the album together within a couple weeks because we hadn't planned to do that and we got an opportunity to release it through like a festival basically mm. and uh, at highway 30 fest in idaho and they were like hey if you want to make this um special in a sense like let's do a big night about it and i was like oh crap so i had to finish really quick and the title was just I was like western roll i was like i had an idea i'm like yeah that's it so i was like it was it was pretty quick i think we put it together in about three weeks and the whole thing and and we were recording songs last minute too and um, there's definitely some mistakes. I would look back, I'm like, ah, I would have changed a couple things on there. But end day, I was like, that's what makes it special, I think. So uh, I do really proud of that project, and um, I hope people keep listening to it. It's phenomenal. Thank you have a favorite track off of it? 
I think it's like when you like to perform or um, not perform is still drink to that. I would say yeah, um, because that's the only one that like, people like know, you know, like well, mm. um, everywhere we go. But my favorite song, I think I'm most proud of a song that I don't think got the love it deserves. We'll say, and that's just me being prideful, I guess. But is a uh, love me forever. So good. Yeah, it's like my one love song. Yeah, no, I'm really proud of that one. So can't listen to that one right now. No, it's cool. But yeah. uh, <laughs> there'll be a time. <laughs> <laughs> Give it a month. I'll be on it again. Yeah, no. I would say in other words to all of your songs. Really? I'm proud to say, dude, you're killing it. I, I love your stuff for real. Thanks. Yeah, man. I was I stoked when I whenever you post something I'm like with dates, I always mm. go. West Coast, West Coast. C A C A C A. No, dude. Well, that, <laughs> next time we'll link up even earlier and yeah, hang out. Well, hey, I'll see you in a couple of weeks, right? In Felton. Yeah, back in Felton. Yeah, uh, yeah, with Cold Moore. That's, That's gonna be, amazing. Be a fun night for sure. Yeah, yeah. It's a cool spot. Great Mexican food right across the street. Really? Yeah, I love Mexican food. I don't know if it's as good as maybe in Texas or something, but uh, it, it it has Texas has its. They're good like breakfast Texas or breakfast. Uh, Mexican food. Oh, okay. Like burritos, tacos, you just can't beat it, in my opinion, out there. Yeah. Uh, maybe a toss-up on the plates, you know? I'll yeah. To, I'll to, I'll I love Mexican food. It's all tried out. I get fajitas everywhere I go, so I can, like, honestly compare yeah. every place I go. That's a, yeah. Yeah. Uh, we're big on, um, like, I think for me, I just get steak fajitas and mm. just see how they present it. Yeah. How everything tastes. And, like, how, like, you know, is the guac good? Is, like, um, you know, I can't eat dairy. So, like, after this, I based it off the guac, tortillas, and the steak, mm-hmm. and, like, the grilled onions. Yeah. So, it's a good spot. Um, what's it called? Taqueria Vallarta. <clears throat> you walk out the front door of Felton Music Hall, you're looking right at it. Cool. It was I'm, our high school spot. It's, like, a mile down the highway really? from our high school. I'm definitely going to hit that up. Yeah, yeah. Taqueria Vallarta. Yeah. All right. Can't miss it. It's right there. Done deal. <laughs> so it's our plug for, <laughs> for Taqueria Vallarta. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll buy you fajita, fajitas when you go there. Deal. Deal. Got to ask. I feel like I've also heard you talk about this on podcast before, but maybe the answer changes. If you could perform, uh, like you're, you know, opening for for Casey tonight, uh, if there was someone you could open for or perform alongside and make music with, um, both alive and dead, who would you pick? I would love to write a song with Evan Felker. That was probably the. Um uh, and I'd love to, we've been on a festival with Turnpike Troubadours last year. Nice. So that was really cool. Um, share a stage with, like, open for since. Yeah. Like, if you told me, like, to be honest, we open for a lot of people that I grew up listening to already. Um, I think that Willie Nelson would be pretty insane. But I'd love to be, like, on a major festival someday, too, where it's, like, not just country. Mm. You know, I think that's something that I want to. That's why, like, I don't mind putting out songs that don't sound crazy country sometimes. I'll put out songs that have fiddles and, like, steel guitar. Then I'll put out something that has, like, it's like a pop-punk song. Because I think I would love to be on like, a major festival with a bunch of different bands. And that's, I guess, something I'd want to do is, like, be on a festival of, like, Post Malone someday. I don't care if we play at 1 in the afternoon. Like, yeah. it'd be cool to be on a major, like, festival that's not country. So that, mm-hmm. that sounds weird. But um, as far as, like, being around and collaborating, it'd be, like, Evan Felker, Ryan Bingham, probably two guys I would say. Yeah. But as far as a goal, I think I want to be at a major festival someday. So you can do it, man. It does change, right? It does yeah. change often because I think <laughs> I'd say someone else probably six months ago or something. But yeah. uh, no, I mean, I'm just, I look up for those guys as songwriters so much. And so. Speaking of Post Malone, have you heard him do country stuff? Yeah, he kills it, man. He did <laughs> a Brad good. Paisley and uh, I'm Dwight Yoakam. Her, yeah. Right? And uh, miss, yeah. And then um, he did a Dwight Yoakam song, too. Really? But, I heard him do uh, Cocaine Blues, I think, the other day. Really? With, as Johnny Cash. Dude, yeah. He's just Dang. versatile. So He's stud, man. Yeah. Well, uh, what's coming up for you besides dates, anything, any projects coming up that you want to 
share with the Van Castles? Yeah, no, um, definitely put out new music for the summer. Uh, one or two songs, we'll say. Mm. And um, just a lot of more content coming in, man. We've just been on the road a lot, but getting a lot of cool content. And uh, we're touring our butts off. So we're out west right now, obviously, um, acoustically. Then we'll be back full band um, next month. And Sacramento, um, Felton Music Hall in Felton, uh, Troubadour in L.A., Nice. And uh, Phoenix, and then um, just I would just say go to palmanything.com because even sometimes I go I don't know where we're gonna be next week because we just we just been touring a bunch so yeah a lot of shows a lot of new music even before the summer so yeah have a lot of fun Troubadour is a legendary spot and of yeah. course I'm biased I gotta say felt musical that's pretty legendary hey man we're it used excited. to be called uh, Don Quixote in uh, just a couple years ago really? it's like a Mexican restaurant and they'd have like a little bit of like live music here and there. But then someone else took over. Actually, they made it like a steakhouse for a little bit. And it was like overpriced, like yeah. red wine and steak type dinners That's for like cool. a small town and like no one went. Sweet. And then they made Felt Music Hall and they're having like awesome people there all the yeah. time. Yeah, well, I'm, so. I'm pumped. It's going to be on a, I think it's on a Wednesday night. Okay. So. Well, I'll be there. I'll, text I'll you. bring some friends. Yeah, please. Yeah, that'll be a fun night. Yeah. Um, but yeah, man. Dude, thank you so much for having me. Seriously. Yeah, thank um, you. It's cool. It. Shout out Grady Coleman for the introduction. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Can't give him too much credit. But uh, And then uh, this is also our Ranch Water sponsor. Ranch Water. Not <laughs> sponsor. Sponsor, sponsor, sponsor yeah. us. Sponsor us. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Palmer Anthony, everybody. Thanks again for coming on, and we'll see you on the road. Yeah, thank you, God. Yeah, I appreciate you. I